When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Richie. And before we start the show, we of course have to tell you about DraftKings. For folks in the state of Arizona, we are getting ever closer, ladies and gentlemen, to the DraftKings Sportsbook coming to the state of Arizona, and you can get a head start right now by signing up for an account and using the promo code THPN. And then when you sign up, and on September 9th, when betting officially enters the state of Arizona, you can use the DraftKings Sportsbook app, which is an official betting partner of the NFL, to bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season, and you can receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. you got to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Now, again, $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game. Just go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, download the app, sign up, and get ready to bet come September 9th. Once again, download the app, promo code THPN, $200 in bets when you place $1 bet on any week one game. Promo code THPN. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Um... This may have been one of the strangest weeks um, in in hockey talks and the fact that we have a lot to talk about and is literally just over one subject by itself. So uh, we might as well just title this the, the arena episode because I don't know what else to call it. But I mean, before we start bitching about that, I do have to make a small bitch to Richie, and so to in order to do that, to introduce, as always, my wonderful, amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. Am I in trouble? No. Actually, um, Arizona is in trouble. I like the rain, but the fact that it's been humid and the humidity is bringing mosquitoes, I have been getting eaten up, and I can't handle this anymore. I can't like hold back not scratching myself. 
so I don't think you're alone because I think I've gotten a few too, like around, and I'm like, what is that? And I think that's what they are. So that makes sense. But just like, what the fuck? Like, this is number 125, like, of my reasons of why I live in this state and why I can't live anywhere else is because I don't like the cold. I don't like the humidity. Don't like the bugs. So, you know, at least I'm not one of the people that ran into some, like, big-ass bugs. Some people ran into some massive bugs after the big rain that we had. So, um, I'm glad I wasn't one of those people. But I'm getting really tired of literally, like, scratching my bug bites in my sleep and waking up and seeing them, like, all big and inflamed. Yeah, and I just found a a story from Fox 10 that said, active monsoon season results in mosquito boom across the Phoenix area. Yeah, I I don't know which I hate more, the mosquito boom of this year or the um, grasshopper boom a couple years back. I don't even remember that. Do you remember that? There's grasshoppers everywhere. There's so many in Vegas that you could like just see all of them. Like basically it looked like dust in the sky, but it was grasshoppers. No, no, I don't remember that. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I I think I may hate the mosquito thing worse just because of the fact that they seem to love my skin. They just eat the crap out of it. I was moving Scotty's sister out of her house yesterday and i got bit three times in the span of like five minutes that does not sound fun at all yeah not at all and you know so between that happening to me which is a a pain and then constantly going on the internet and having to see people throwing around the oh well the coyotes should move to quebec the coyotes should move to Houston. You guys better start learning your French. I'm like done with little pesky blood-sucking mosquitoes, whether that is an actual bug or the annoying ass people online. Oh yeah, they see they all the trolls never get never get over it. Like they just don't understand the situation. And so I've seen a lot of that this week, and it's like, you know what? At this point, with all those people, I'm just like, all you're all you're saying is just no white noise in the background because you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like those people that have, go to the same joke every time. Like, it just gets old after a while, and that's all those haters are at this point. It's just white noise. I don't care about you. I'm not going to respond to any of you. What you think are snarky tweets about moving to Quebec or Houston? Like, uh-uh. No, none of that. I'm, I'm over it at this point. Literally, it was like, you know what? I'm getting off Twitter. I just don't. It was funny. It was in the middle of like my work day, and I was actually super busy that day. And I was like, oh, I'll go on Twitter, see what's going on here. I opened it, looked at the responses to Katie String's article, said, hmm, never mind. Shut it back down. Because I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm not sitting through it again. Like, We've been, what, since like 2009 I've been dealing with these responses and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, And here's the funny part. It was really funny because Scotty said this to me and I kind of thought it was the truest statement ever in the fact that he goes, 
So all of you people that were have been bitching since 2009 saying, you know, like, the Coyotes are going to be moving to blah, blah, blah. He goes, if they were to have moved somewhere else, and, like, they're not going to, but if they were, how would you be able to say, oh, I was right? It took you over 10 fucking years. You know, like, if, if you are right about something, 10 fucking years later, you're, you're not right. You were, it was just coming after a very long time. Things change within 10 years. So the fact that they all claim that, you know, oh, we know this has been a long time coming. It's just like, no, just a speculation you've been throwing out there. But what else would you do? Phoenix is now the fifth largest city in the U.S. Yeah, here's the thing. I tweeted this out, got a lot of good responses to it. As long as Gary Bettman is the commissioner of the National Hockey League, the Coyotes will not leave the state of Arizona. Mark my words. And the reason why I say that is just look at the last 10 years. How many other opportunities did Gary Bettman have to cut ties with this state and this city? What, a half dozen times he's had a chance to do it? He had a chance to do it in 2009 when the team was literally in bankruptcy and chose to stay here in Phoenix. So if they didn't leave after that or they didn't leave, you know, in, after, you know, in 2012 after the playoffs there, if they didn't leave in, when the, la- the last time the lease was ended by the city of Glendale in, in 2013 or excuse me, yeah, uh, 2015 was when the city of Glendale ended a 15-year agreement um, that they had cut with Ice Arizona, the previous, previous owners of the team. Then they're not they're not leaving. They're it's a weird place they're in right now, but I don't foresee them leaving. And now we know that there seems to be some momentum in terms of this new site in Tempe that is really starting to gain momentum. And, and it seems like maybe that was a possible uh, motivating factor in Glendale finally saying no, this thing is over. But I feel like before we move any further, let's kind of recap the events of the week here. So this was on Thursday, and it came out in the middle of the day, the Katie Strang article, like you said, Corey, and this was what Glendale said in their statement. They said, The city has informed the National Hockey League's Arizona Coyotes that the upcoming season will be the team's last at Healy River Arena. The parties have been operating under a year-to-year agreement for several years. The agreement provides that either party can decide not to renew the agreement for an additional year by providing written notice each year on or before December 31st. So that's what has kind of escalated this entire thing. Craig Morgan ended up talking to the city manager of Glendale, Kevin Phelps, who said this. This absolutely is not a leveraging play where I'm trying to get the upper hand on negotiations that I'm trying to get in a stronger possession. I made my recommendation and told the city council what I – what I was going to do and I've got to full support of our city council. We're really going to do this because at the bottom of our heart, believe in this city's best interest at the entertainment district and in the best interest of the city of Glendale. Now Glendale has kind of went on to say that they think they can make up for losing 43 dates a year by getting concerts and other things there. And they said, which made no sense to me that they can make up the revenue if they booked 20 dates a year with 10,000 people. It's like, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense at all. That makes no sense. The math is not there. The Coyotes averaged uh, when they were full capacity, right, um, the year prior to the year prior to 
the pandemic, they were averaging some of their best attendance they've had ever since moving to the city of Glendale. And they were averaging 12, 13, 14,000 people per night for 43 nights a year. And they're like, oh, well, we can cut that in half and still make money. It's like, I, I don't understand what the city of Glendale is doing here. But we've said this many, many times on this show. We know it wasn't going to work in Glendale. We knew this was coming. It just kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. And it just puts the Coyotes in a weird place for the next couple seasons. And we'll get to it in, in a minute where they might play. But... It, it uh, it's just, I just, Glendale, man, they just don't make any sense to me whatsoever. I just don't understand what they're trying to do here. Well, and the other thing that's really funny about that is the fact that they're like, it's okay if we can just fill this up with these, these 20 events or whatever it was. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. What was it again? 20, it was 20 dates with 10,000 plus people. Yes. So, um... You know, that's supposed to match the economic impact of losing 43 games uh, with two preseason games and 41 home games for the season. And it just, to me, it's funny that you you said that they said that they went through all, did all of the math on it. And that, you know, they talked multiple times about how this was a great economic choice for Glendale. And that's why they were trying to force the Coyotes to sign like an 18 year deal in order for this to work. So like the reason why this really fell through is because the Coyotes would much rather be there for about six years. And Glendale was basically saying, if we're going to keep you here, we want you here for another like 18 years, which is a crazy investment for the Coyotes to be in when they don't even really want to be in Glendale anymore. They just want to be there long enough to allow the whole thing in Tempe to go through. And, you know, it takes time to build an arena and have that all ready and have a whole new district of, of sorts in order to be built in for them to be able to play in there. So they needed um, that time and space to be able to do that. The thing that doesn't make any sense to me with Glendale and them saying that they can, you know, just have 20 events with 10,000 people or more and be able to make up, you know, that money is they have a lot of competition and no one ever really thinks of Gila River Arena as like, yes, that's the prime place that I want to go for a concert because it just hasn't been that way for years. So why would people think about it now for one and two, um, at the very like end of everything, they really haven't been doing consistent events at Gila river arena. They've just been doing things here or there. And, um, none of them are really, events that bring in like 10,000 or more. They do, you know, they'll do like the Ace Comic Con there. Um, They did UFC there recently, but that's, you know, how many times are you actually going to get that to come around? Um, And they're all very kind of one-off events or events that are kind of unique in stature. So I don't think that's particularly going to bring it in. I don't know how the... um, the businesses around Gila River Arena feel about it, but they were pretty pissed when it came to the Coyotes leaving in the first place because that's what brings in a lot of people coming to, um, you know, their restaurants and stuff like that during those games. And that's what gets a lot of people to come back to Glendale in general because you aren't getting that from, from football because you have so little amounts of games in a season. 
Yeah, I live right across the street from Westgate, okay? I can go there anytime I want. You know how often I go there without Coyotes games? Maybe once a month, if that, if I'm lucky, right? Because I go, and it's only to go, like, grab lunch or whatever or grab something from, like, there's a Chipotle there that I go to all the time, a Greek restaurant I go to all the time. But other than that, I'm never there. I go to the movies once in a while there too, but barely that often either. So the only time I'm really there at all is if it's for a Coyotes game, and that's it. And I don't think they understand that, like, whatsoever. And I, I've, I've seen, like, a lot of people kind of say, oh, well, this is the Coyotes' fault, blah, 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 blah. And it's really not. Like, I don't think the Coyotes – I mean, do they share some blame? Maybe because they were the ones that chose to build the arena out in Glendale to begin with, which I think we can all say with a high certainty that that was a mistake from the beginning and they should have never built in, in Glendale. But with that, when the Coyotes and Ice Arizona, when they bought the team and they entered into an agreement for 15 years on a new lease, the Glendale City Council approved that lease. Okay, and then it's the Glendale City Council that broke that lease. They were the ones that decided to break that long-term agreement that they said they always wanted, that they've wanted, right? That's um, Phelps were just saying that they wanted. And so if I'm looking to for any blame here, it's the city of Glendale that has, and it's in particular the mayor, Jerry Wires, who's been in office now for several years, it's pretty clear from the start. He did not want this team to be in the city of Glendale. He did not want to subsidize anything that went goes to professional hockey, even though they bring a lot of, like we said, a lot of revenue to the city. They bring a lot of community, uh, you know, community type relations to the city of Glendale. They bring people into Westgate, et cetera, et cetera. And so, I, again, it's like I live in Glendale, right? I've uh, now, and it's like, man, what are you doing? Like, at this point, good riddance. I don't want to hear any more about the city of Glendale. And now we just got to figure out where this team goes from here. And before we uh, move on to continue kind of talking about uh, uh, some of the statements that were released from the key players here, I want to uh, read this statement that was put out from Javier Gutierrez, the president and CEO. He put out a letter to season ticket holders and corporate partners and i'm, I'm not going to read this entire thing but you can uh, i'm going to read some of it at least um he says i want to write you about some of the news you might have seen this week about our arena last month it was announced that we intended to submit a proposal to the city of tempe to develop a portion of land into a state-of-the-art hockey arena and surrounding mixed-use entertainment district we remain extremely excited about that opportunity at the same time we made it very clear to the city of glendale which has been our home since 2003, that we were looking forward to extending our lease agreement with them for the next few seasons. Throughout, we have continued our discussions with Glendale in good faith and have communicated with officials both verbally and in writing. As a result, we were surprised and disappointed by Thursday's unilateral decision. Uh, most importantly, I want to stress to you all, our fans, our partners, that the Valley is our home and will remain so. Both the Coyotes and the NHL are 100% committed to staying here, and even if our specific arena plans beyond this season are not yet confirmed, I want to be very clear to you that our future is here in Arizona. The bright side of all of this, I, I think I see in everything, is the fact that on the bright side, they were already going planning on going through a rebuild. 
what a brilliant time to be having this issue. You know, you're not going to be having a crazy good team anyway. So, you know, if you end up in, in an arena here that doesn't really hold as many people, that's helpful. Like there is, you know, that kind of bright side in it. And I, I do think that this was honestly pretty well written from the team in the fact that it it boasts a lot of um, confidence in themselves and confidence in the team staying in the state. I do feel like there is a large amount of scrambling behind the scenes, though. Um, I mean, you know, I uh, even talking to people that I know that work with the team, they're they're not very sure um, what's going on you know, where they're going to decide to go. And and it was funny. I was having a conversation last night, you know, kind of throwing it around, just kind of like me and you would on this podcast with, with someone I know of. And it, it's funny because this is something, if I, if I was to knock the coyotes on anything, it would be the fact that this is something that we have been knowing was going to happen at some point. The fact that they have been shuffling their feet for so long and not finding an actual solid solution or a temporary home in case this happened um, is on them. We all knew that this was going to happen at some point that Glendale was going to try and and, and fuck this team. Everyone um, just wanted to assume that they were just going to that you know the nhl was just gonna say screw it and move them out of the state which is not going to happen what's going to happen is they're going to try and find a a place to play here temporarily until they can get that bid in tempe which they seem to be putting all hands on deck with now which they can't even put that in until what is it september 2nd now i think because it's been pushed back um you know, and that's going to take some time. That's going to take uh, some years. It takes a while to, one, get all of the stuff that needs to be done, like, beforehand, before it can even start getting built. And then it takes time to build an arena. So they're going to have to figure out, a, you know, like, a good four or five years in there before they are able to actually move into a new arena that is theirs. Yeah, and um, Craig Morgan also um, reached out to um, Gary Bettman, and Gary Bettman was also on on the radio up in New York too, and this is some of the stuff that Gary Bettman had to say. He said, first, the Cowboys, as everyone knows, are working on a new arena that is more fan-friendly. Second, this is obviously a negotiating ploy by Glendale, which is insisting on a 20-year lease. Third, the Cowboys are committed to Arizona. And... Also, uh, in that interview in New York, he said, I'm not worried about the Coyotes. He said, I think their future stays in the greater Phoenix area, which is something that um, I, I mentioned earlier in the show, is that Gary Bettman is not going to let this team leave. And somebody in my my mentions earlier this week was like, oh, well, uh, the uh, Thrashers said the same thing, right? Well, here's the thing about the Thrashers. Uh, they left pretty much at this first opportunity they got. And the NHL did not back the Thrashers like the NHL and Gary Bettman have backed the Coyotes time after time after time, basically, right? Because the Thrashers, to the the Thrashers in Atlanta, what they they only lasted seven years there, right? Um, that was kind of a doomed from the start um, 
flailing opportunity for the NHL. And there was just no support from the fans, from the NHL, and they just left at the first chance they got. And so I don't think you can compare the two whatsoever. And like now it's a matter of trying to figure out where to play. So um, Craig Morgan, again, had an article up about here about where some possibilities of where to play. And uh, let's kind of dive into some of those options here. Um, here are the three places that Craig mentions. He says, of course, the Madhouse on McDowell, Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum. He mentions Chase Field, and he also mentions Gila River Arena as the options. So of those three, I think there is clearly a top candidate for this team to play in. It's just going to take a lot to do, and that is going to be at the Madhouse on McDowell. I have a feeling that's where the Coyotes are going to end up, but if that's where they're going to end up playing, they got to start on renovations like right now. Yeah, that's uh, to be honest with you, I I think that is kind of the only option out of all of these. Uh, it it's funny. I was actually having a conversation last night about um the other thing that's uh, kind of an out of the box um, idea that would be possible if there were more seats. There's just not enough seats in the arena but the the arena that's up in prescott there that was it was ahl ready so um you know and they they have the ice and they have the ability to get people in there it's just the fact of they would need to add more seats and luxury boxes for that one to work um but yeah i mean i think the most obvious one the easiest one for fans to get to would be the the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, it has the the absolute history of it. I mean, it was the original home of the Suns, uh, the Roadrunners, and it had the WCHL um, Phoenix Mustangs and Roller Hockey Internationals um, Phoenix Cobras. And um, it also had indoor soccer. I remember um, the Arizona Thunder, by the way. I used to watch their games when I was a kid. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then World Team Tennis's uh, Phoenix Rackets. It's also hosted roller derbies, pro wrestling, uh, truck pulls. It sheltered people from Hurricane Katrina. And as people know right now, it's um, recently hosted an election audit. Jesus Christ. But um, so... It has, they've put so many things in that Coliseum and it has so much history. It would actually be kind of fun to see them playing there. But yeah, it's going to take a lot of money from them to, in order to renovate it, in order to be ready. Um, it would be interesting to have it, uh, you know, have them there more centrally located to see what that does, um, you know, fan wise for them. It's going to, like I said before, it's going to be a hard, gauge anyways because they're going to be not the greatest over the next couple seasons so um it will be kind of hard to gauge it but it will show how the loyalty of the level that the fans here are you know if you get a bunch of fans showing up for these games when the team isn't good and in uh, a random stadium essentially then you are definitely showing the um how thick the skin of coyotes fans are because they're going to come and this might actually 
put a fire under everyone's ass and be like, you know what, I'm going to support this team no matter whether they're good, bad, or indifferent because of the fact that they want to show everyone in the NHL that they want the team to stay here. So I hope that's what happens. Um, I could see that being the most prominent option. Um, it It's funny that Chase Field is in there like because they've always had like a good um, relationship with the Diamondbacks. They do a... Uh, uh, a Coyotes Day and a Diamondbacks Day each, you know, on each side. Um, it would be a ton of fun from my my working in in both in both sides. Um, uh, you know, I was worked at Chase Field for a long time. Worked at Gila River for a long time. So, like, it would be really funny to see my two worlds collide. But at the same time, um, they also had a lot of issues with their stadium, with uh, the county, and everything. So. I don't know if um, trying to make that work would really be fun. And it's what an awkward way to watch a hockey game. I guess it would feel like you were doing a, um, you know, an outdoor game because of the way that everything is set up there and the way that you would be looking at the ice. Yeah. So I did not know this and Craig pointed this out. I thought this was really interesting that the Tampa Bay lightning in their inaugural seasons while they were waiting for their new ring to get built they actually played in trop at tropicana field which is now home to the tampa bay rays and so there was there's precedent there for building a rink at a baseball size stadium um i think it would actually be really look so chase field is the leading candidate for like an outdoor game for the coyotes if that ever comes to fruition and so who knows? Maybe it's like an audition for that. I, I think it would be cool for like a game or two because it would be kind of like an event type thing where if they just played there for even a couple of games a season, I think people would go, even if the product on the ice isn't very interesting, just to go and 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 experience the event that is and the weirdness of playing a hockey game at a baseball stadium with an open roof right, and a pool. I think that would be a really interesting thing. I don't think it's going to happen unless the unless the NHL gives the Coyotes an outdoor game, which I don't foresee happening over the next couple of seasons. So again, I that the I when I the Madhouse on McDowell was my first option, is the first thing I thought of. It was the likeliest option, and I have a feeling that's where it's going to go. And I'm curious because Craig mentions in the article here that's a really small place. It's only thirteen thousand capacity, which is really tiny compared to most of your NHL rinks now, which the River Arena is over 17,000. A lot of the other ranks are closer to 20, you know, in that 17 to 20 range. And having been to the Coliseum on multiple occasions for different events, I've been to a, a concert there. I've been to um, – I saw Barack Obama speak there when he was on the campaign trail prior to getting elected um, in 2008. I saw him there. And it's a really tiny place, and I think it would be really – I've never seen a hockey game there. I think it'd be really cool to go and experience that kind because you're real. You're on top of things there, which I don't know if you've you've been there for a concert at the state fair or not. But that's the feeling you get when you're there is you're so close. It's such a tiny place that it's not like here of arena where if you're sitting in the upper deck, you kind of feel far away from the ice. Well, here where there is no upper deck, it's kind of just basically one gigantic lower bowl type section. And I think, in a way, it would be really cool for fans to go and see games there because of how close you are to the ice. And, and it would be kind of that – it would be nostalgia for some, yes, 
but it would be just that kind of thing that you have to tell people about like, Oh, I got to go see the Coyotes play at the Madhouse on McDowell when they were there for the season or two. Right. And, and so I think that would be cool to see. And, and again, the biggest, I think obstacle in this is they're going to have to pour a lot of money into building an infrastructure for a, a proper 2021, 22 level ice rink there. And that's, that's kind of the idea that, that Craig mentions here is that they're going to have to pour a lot of money in just to make it workable, including an ice plant that is up to NHL standards. And so that's going to be the biggest hurdle here, but they do have over a year to plan this. Now I mentioned this on Twitter when this news broke too, which is that the Phoenix Mercury were originally going to play there last season while uh, Phoenix Suns arena was getting its um, rebuild done. Um, they never ended up playing there because of the pandemic, obviously. So there were some um, upgrades that were scheduled to take place for the Mercury. I don't know if those ever end up happening or not. But, um, I, I, again, I think we both agree that that's the likeliest place. But um, they just got to get good. They got to get going. They got to get going now. So, first of all, I am I'm dying over here. I didn't even think about uh, the pool. <laughs> at chase field for some reason that is just a, a level of hilarity that i didn't even like put together and i don't know why just like was thinking about people hanging out at the pool and get and buying pool seats to a coyotes game just seems hilarious to me um and then to fact the fact that you would be able to sit in like bleacher seats at all to be able to watch a Coyotes game would be so entertaining. There's so many levels of that would that would be very highly entertaining in the fact that and, and they have, you know, DBTV, which is like it's, it's such a an interesting thing to just have like one big ass screen like on the on the end there. Like it would just be such an interesting dynamic to watch. It would be so goofy that it would be entertaining. Um I didn't know that about uh Tampa Bay either but um it is cool to know and I have been at a, a concert I've been at a concert um at the Coliseum and I've also been at a concert or a few concerts at Gila River as well um and and they have completely different dynamics like you said in the fact that um you know Gila River you're always looking down on things so like when you're looking at a at a hockey game, you're looking down on the ice, which is sometimes a, um, a, a better angle to, you know, instead of going out, going up because of the fact that the way that hockey's played, the, it's a better, an aerial view on hockey is a better way of doing it than making it come out. The thing about the Coliseum is it's not like it comes out. That would be your kind of your, one of your problems with, um, you know, doing it at chase field or something that the seats kind of go back a little bit more because uh how spread out uh baseball is but um in the coliseum it is very close quarters and um you know the seats what you would have great seats no matter where you're at basically in it um but what they did a lot during those concerts so state fair concerts and uh I still remember not being able to hear after Kelly Clarkson when I was 13th row because you're literally like right up on there. They fill the floor completely. So you couldn't do that, obviously, because that's where they would be uh, having 
having the ice. So you would not have any of those seats. And those are the seats that they allow for concerts. So you have to cut all of that out on top of it. You'd have to find a way to get um, the entire place to look a little bit nicer too. It's kind of old. Like there's no better way to explain it other than the fact that it's old. It's like its own historical landmark here, you know? It's not. So, there's the be- the better way to put that. It's a dump. It's a total dump. Like it really is. There's no better to be way to polite, put it. Okay. <laughs> it's like an artifact, you know, when the, it's all rusted and gross and someone's like, oh, what is that? And you're like, oh, it's a, it's a historical artifact. That's basically how the Coliseum is. That whole area, honestly, the entire area where they have the state fair, it has kind of turned into a dump in the fact that it's all just so old and it just hasn't gotten renovations to it. So not to say that hockey is is such a higher echelon in the fact that but they're almost all hockey arenas are nice really really nice and to try and come make it as um nhl standard as you could it would take a lot of time a lot of money and a lot of trying to figure out how to make it all work and I don't think they will, you know, they'll meet the NHL standard for the amount of seats that it needs to have, I'm sure, because that's that's about it's a little over 13,000 if I'm not um, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Richie? Yes. Yes. Um, so they'll be able to to hit that, but it's still not going to be anything that's going to be making the team a bunch of money because of the fact that they won't have a, a, a very large capacity. And you have to wonder in the long run, what is this going to do to the team? What type of hit is are they the team going to take because of the fact that they're going to have to be working on all these different alternate uh, avenues and spending all this money um, to essentially just get by until they can buy their new home. And there, I have one more possibility for you that is like really, really outside the box, but it's still an option because there's a little bit of precedent for it in professional sports. What about the possibility of playing home games outside of the state partially? So you'd play partial home games here in Phoenix and then partial home games elsewhere. And the reason why I say that is there is precedent because right after Katrina, the Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, they were known then as the Hornets. They played partial home games in Oklahoma City and then partial home games in New Orleans. They were never going to move, but they just needed to do that for logistical reasons post-hurricane. So maybe that should be on the table at least a little bit in case maybe they don't get the renovations done in time at at, at Veterans Memorial Coliseum, right? And they need, do need to play elsewhere. I think that should at least be on the table. It's just should, to... Should we pick on the guys from Vegas? I feel like they would hate this suggestion, but they are the closest we've got. Yeah, either Vegas or or probably Anaheim would be the two, the two closest. Yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely feel like Vegas would be quite nice. That is a brand new arena, nice and shiny. 
I liked the seating in it quite a bit. Um, obviously, I wasn't there for an NHL game. I was there for the first uh, college game that was played there. Um, and I, I quite enjoyed it. So I would... They're already, like, extremely expensive to go and watch a uh, Golden Knights game. So, you know, people in Vegas can go watch Coyotes game. It'd be a lot cheaper. And... Um, you know, it would help fill up more and more space in there. The only problem is the fact they they probably fill up so much space in there because it's Vegas on a regular basis. I mean, they do award shows in that arena, mm-hmm. but um, I I feel like if there was a dream outside of of Phoenix to you know take little road trips would be go to Vegas. Keep it keep in the desert. I agree. Again, just speculating. I think I'm the only one that has speculated to that being the case. But when it ends up happening, you can come back to the show and be like, Richie was right. So just tossing that out there as a possibility. Now, just throwing the new conspiracy out there. Yes, exactly. Now, before we go, now hopefully Coyotes fans don't jump on me for saying, oh, what are you talking about? They're moving. To-. No, they're not. They're just, it's temporary, okay? Remember, it's just, it's just a partial thing in case things don't work out with with some of the venues here, they're going to need a place to play, and then maybe they just do that elsewhere temporarily, and they'll be the Arizona Vegas Coyotes. Ooh, that'd be fun. Okay. (laughs) Well, and also, too, like, if please don't act like you're not going to be one, like, all those people that would be bitching about it, don't act like you wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, that's a great excuse for me to go to Vegas for Mm -hmm. the weekend and go watch a Coyotes game. Yeah. Get over yourself. Exactly. Okay, so before we go here, we have a sporty question out there. We've gotten some replies to it. Um, we are asking, if you owned a professional sports team, what would you name it? We have some responses from AZ Sports Guy, says Phoenix Dragons. We have Benders, say the St. Bernard Supaspreadas. That's my best southern I was going to say, I like your, your little accent you threw on it. Um, we have um, BC Hockey Podcast. Saying uh, the Arizona Suave. Mm, naming it after me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking it was named after you. I thought it was the Suave. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. It did see. You can also call it the Suave, which is how I print. It sounds better. Arizona Suave sounds better than Arizona Suave because you're just talking about one person. But I digress. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Tom says St. Louis Fighting Kachucks. After uh, Keith Kachuk, of course. Uh, Tawny says the Arizona Retirement Home. (laughs) Oh, Sun City would love that. Which is pretty much our state motto anyway. We have Lori saying the Phoenix Saguaros. Um, So uh, some good good replies there. We also have some infighting going on between Benders and Mason from the Habs podcast um, going on in our mentions too. So... Yeah, what you can go uh, let us know in the mentions there at Corey underscore Richie Show on Twitter what your pick would be. Corey, what would yours be? See, this is the problem. I was starting to go back and forth over so many different things, and all of them seemed really lame in the fact that, like, everything gets named after the normal shit we have here. You know, like uh, the Diamondbacks, the Coyotes, and they love to do, like, Havelinas and shit like that. And I, uh, I'm i going to be honest with you. I was the one that posed the question, and I'm not even sure what my answer would be. So 
I, I'm going to let you answer this and then I'm going to see if I can come up with something very quickly because I literally have been thinking about this since I came up with the question and I still can't find an answer partially because of the fact that one of the coolest names ever is, is the Kraken and I can't deny that. Release the Kraken. Okay, so mine, mine would be kind of a throwback here coming full circle here. There used to be a National Lacrosse League team that played at Gila River Arena from 2004 to 2007. They were really good, and their name and logo were super fucking cool. They were called the Arizona Sting. I like it. So I think that's what mine would be. I think I've sent you the logo before, but I'm going to send you their logo again one more time because this thing I, looks fucking sick. I feel, though, like th- then people would just be playing a bunch of music by Sting. <laughs> so I, I did. Uh, OK, so I did kind of come up with mine. And it's funny because I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, Halloween person. I'm not a big death person. I'm not a big any of that. But I feel like the Arizona Reapers would be really cool. You do like a spinoff on like the Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. That I, that I feel like would be kind of cool. You could you could do a whole thing on that. Um, I wish there was something as cool as the Hershey Bears that I could come up with too. That would be on the alternate side. That's, of that. Yeah, that's pretty dope too. I like that one. You know, there's ones that I I genuinely like, but um, you know, I feel like it has to have some type of. Um, you know, because there's always the traditional bullshit that everyone is like a Spartan or, you know, an eagle. Uh, wildcat. Well, yeah, wildcat. A lion of some sort, you know, like like a, a mountain lion. A, well, you know, like that whole type of shit. It all is just very basic. And... um that was part of the reason why, you know, everyone wanted to do that little, like, bitch fest about uh, ASU being the Sun Devils. You know what? Sparky, Sparky is much cooler of a mascot than a lot of different mascots. So. Yes. Like, get out of here with that one. Because some of them don't even have mascots. I still don't understand why um, the Golden Knights have a Gila monster. Let's just address that. Yeah, that's true. I don't know either. That makes no sense. This was your opportunity to have a knight and you chose a Gila monster, but I digress. So quickly, before we go, do you know who does not like Sparky? No idea. Um, Izzy does not like Sparky. Oh, children do not like Sparky because of the fact that he looks... Okay, Okay, when he looked his creepiest was actually when we were in school there. They had people uh, choose what the new version of Sparky could be because of the fact that they did a cartoon one that looked so creepy it genuinely scared children. Yes, I remember that. And it was it was the weirdest, scariest, ugliest looking thing ever. People like pitched a fit about it and they ended up changing it back to make him look more normal, thankfully. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, that I think is a, a good way to end the show. Um, do you have anything else to say before we say goodbye? 
outside of the fact that I now have talked myself into wanting to watch one, if not two, maybe three Coyotes games at a Chase Field just for the pure entertainment that it would bring um, just because I want to see it. So no matter where they end up, can we just petition them to, you know, they're going to be wasting a bunch of money in this. Why not waste a little bit more money and and have a couple games in Chase Field just for our own amusement? That would be fun. I agree. Good night and good hockey, everybody.